Welcome to InStep Podcast, a ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Billings, Montana. This podcast is all about you, me, and Jesus walking in step. Our goal is to gain a fresh perspective to apply the principles of God's Word to our everyday life. Thanks for joining us. And now, let's see what God has for us today in step. You, me, Jesus. Well, welcome to episode one of the In Step podcast, a podcast all about walking in step with Jesus. Before we begin, I just want to share with you the vision and heart behind what you're about to hear. We here at Emmanuel have the opportunity to connect with you in a variety of ways, including the Sunday morning service, online on our website or Facebook page, through a life group during the week, a class on Sundays, and even over a cup of coffee or a quick lunch throughout the week. So it's our desire to be as effective and as creative as we can in the ways in which we serve you. We also know that many of you already listen to podcasts at home, when you work out, or when you commute to and from work. So... As part of InStep Ministries, our brand new biblical counseling ministry here at Emmanuel, we decided that a podcast could be yet another way that we can demonstrate love and care to you as we have conversations about difficult issues of life. So in the coming months, we'll be discussing issues like being a father, fighting the winter blues, getting back up when we fall down and stumble, amongst other topics. In fact, throughout 2019, we will be releasing this podcast every other Wednesday. We also want this to be a resource that you can share with those around you as you dive into their lives and walk with them as they walk with Jesus. Now this first episode features none other than our own Pastor Paul Jones. Paul has faithfully served Emmanuel for nearly 30 years. I grew up at Emmanuel underneath his guidance and instruction and now am privileged to serve on staff here under his leadership. I have nothing but tremendous respect for him and what God has done in and through him here at Emmanuel. So today we're going to talk about the new year, Vision 3000, and what God has placed on his heart for 2019. So, without further ado, here's today's episode. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for joining me on the podcast today. I'm delighted to be here, Ryan. And uh, as we um, man, as we dive into 2019, uh, we, and we start talking about what God has for us in our lives and for Emmanuel in the new year. Uh, I just wanted to spend a few minutes having a conversation um, uh, about Vision 3000, about each one reach one. And um, so talk to me a little bit about how that, how do you think that campaign's going um, and how, uh, how we can develop a sense of, of urgency for that for the new year. Man, out of all the things we could talk about, th- this is the one that I'm really excited about. The the fact that while everything was great at Emmanuel, we were kind of doing business as usual. And, and, and don't get me wrong, business as usual for us was leading people to the Lord. But we, we had just, we're, we were doing it without urgency. I would say sometimes maybe without passion. We were doing it well, but maybe without, we had a speaker speak to our staff without anguish. You know, and so I just begin to I begin to pray about all these things and seek the Lord. And um, I'm not one of those guys that says the Lord spoke to me, you know, all the time. Right. But on this occasion, he really did. And um, he he really put uh, just brought me to Acts chapter two. And so uh, in Acts chapter two, verse one, it says they were all together in one place. So we did that at Emmanuel. We yeah. did it last September um, and we had 
we had everybody together in one place. And we did, we had this little play on times and dates because it was September 30th. So that's nine 30. We did it at nine 30 in the morning and it, it worked for us. Everybody was really uh, excited about being there, but I didn't tell everybody what I was going to say. So that was the other part of it is everybody's mm-hmm. like, you know, what's going to happen. And, and so uh, everybody showed up and I just, I just taught through Acts chapter two. Mm-hmm. And you've got this powerful day. The Holy Spirit falls. It's the day of Pentecost. Peter preaches. And you get to the end of that chapter. And it says, and the Lord added 3,000 to them. And, uh, you know, I just I, instead of just reading it like a Sunday school story, I started thinking, what would that be like? And so uh, uh, when we got to the end of that day, I, I just said to the Emmanuel family, I just said, I, I think this is what God wants to do here. Mm-hmm. And... So we called it Vision 3000, just, just because of that, the result of the day of Pentecost. Yeah. And, and then we asked each one if they would reach one. It was the first, the first part of Vision 3000. Uh, right now in evangelical churches in modern America, the number is somewhere between 54 to 65 church members. It takes a year to reach one person for Christ. Wow. And now uh, the United States, including Canada, North America, by number, is the third largest mission field in the world. Only China and India have more lost people than North America by number. Wow. And we don't, we don't think of North America that way. No. But here we are, the third largest mission field in the world. And so, and so my challenge to the church is that we wouldn't, it wouldn't take 64 five of us to reach one, yeah. that each one would reach one. And I want to say this about Emmanuel. They just embraced this vision. And we have already had stories and testimonies and baptisms because people are praying for and excited about and with intentionality, mm-hmm. and that's really what we're talking about, mm-hmm. intentionality reaching one. Yeah. So so you mentioned um, this idea of having anguish for your one. And um, h- how does that work in our lives individually, in the life of, of, of Joe Average churchgoer to develop the anguish that, that we believe is necessary to reach their one? That's a great question, Ryan, because I think it strikes to the, the heart of what this is really all about. There are people uh, all over the United States They're saved, they're born again, they love Jesus, they take their families to church every Sunday, but it just gets routine. Mm. It just gets familiar. And so uh, this anguish that we're talking about is an anguish of the soul that starts to think in terms of eternity, that recognizes that there really is a heaven, there really is a hell, and people without Christ are really going to hell. And, And so... When I get my change back from the cashier, I, I'm not thinking so much about, did I get the correct change? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, where's she going to spend eternity? Mm-hmm. When I'm talking to my neighbor across the backyard fence, we're not just talking about how you mow your grass and how I'm, but where's he going to spend eternity? And that's what the Holy Spirit uses to create. And whether we've used the word anguish, passion, whatever, whatever word you want to choose, it's a change in how you see the world. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what are some suggestions that, that you have to, to help people make some gospel risks this year as they reach out to their one? So risk is a funny word. So I understand exactly the question because the, we, they're relational risks. But 
But let's just pause for a moment and be reminded, it's not the kind of risk a woman in Bangladesh is taking to share the gospel. Yeah. It's not the kind of risk someone in a Muslim state takes to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might think, okay, I'm going to share Jesus. And in that moment, my, the palms of my hands get sweaty and my mouth gets dry. And, yeah. oh, what's going to risk? What, what will my boss do? Mm-hmm. But that's not the kind of risk that many in the persecuted Christian world are taking. But they are kind of risks, aren't they? Yeah. And so uh, I would just say this. I would just say if you will trust the Lord, here's a... Here's a neat thing that I figured out uh, in my life. When the Holy Spirit was prompting me to say something, and I was a young Christian, I just thought of, I, was only th- I just thought of me. So I'd be like, oh, this is going to be such a risk, and I'm so scared. But I realized after I was obedient to the Holy Spirit on a number of occasions, that whenever the Holy Spirit was prompting me to say something about the gospel, he was preparing the other person to hear it. And so... It turned out that on very few occasions was there ever any risk at all. And then let me say this about risk too. When the other person did react strongly or maybe in an adverse way, I also discovered that many times the person that responds uh, in the most uh, impulsive or adverse way is often the person that's closest to receiving the gospel because the Holy Spirit's on them and that conviction is just... Well, you know, we just always respond the best when we're like, hey, I, I just realized my sin is going to separate, separate me from Christ forever. Yeah. So realizing what God's doing in our life and then just trusting God to move past that when he prompts us, I think that moves us past the risk. Fantastic. Fantastic. So what are, uh, what are some practical ways that, um, that we can get more involved in the lives of our ones? That we're praying for. Oh, I love this question because this is what we're doing. So, and uh, for those listening today, they, they might not have heard this verbiage. So, each one, reach one, yeah. is the ones that you're talking about, yeah, right? Absolutely. So, um, so what we've decided is, it's, it's not that everybody in our life doesn't need Christ who are unbelievers, but we're going to pick one mm-hmm. and intentionally get involved in their life. And so, the first part of that is you've got to get to know your one. Yeah, of course. What, what does your one like to do? What are their hobbies? <clears throat> Where do they work? Where do they spend their free time? What about their family? The the idea that you just kind of kind of show up like a cold canvas knock on the door, mm-hmm. like you know. Uh, some faiths do where they knock yeah. on your door and they just want to share with you all their right, stuff. Yeah. That is not effective. What you want to do is get involved with their life. And so uh, I, I've literally said to our folks, if they like football, you need to learn football. If they like NASCAR, you need to learn NASCAR. If they like golf, you need to learn something about golf because you're, you're starting to be involved in their life. You can invite them for coffee. You can invite them over for dinner. You can invite them for the Super Bowl coming up. Mm-hmm. Those are all great ideas because it's a, it's, it's a relationship that will give you, the relationship will give you eventually the moment that you're looking for where you can share your faith. Yeah. And that comes when, because they know that you're a believer and they're watching you. So at some point in time, they're going to say to you, well, you're different than me. Or I notice you feel this way about that. And God's going to give you that opportunity. Yeah. Oh, that is so rich. Thank you so much. Um, so uh, talk to us a little bit about how Jesus did that. In his ministry. Well, he's the perfect uh, model, isn't he? So, so when you see Jesus, he, he's always building on relationship. Now, the 12 most famous relationships yeah. are the 12 apostles, the disciples that he called to him. 
and uh, he's using analogies. He's in their life. So they're fishing, and he's alongside of the sea. And what does every fisherman want? They want to know how to catch more fish. And, hey, throw your net on the other side of the boat. You know, he's involved in that. You've got, you've got needs in your life. And so, uh, you know, what does he do for Peter? He heals his mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, got these, you've got these parts of life where Jesus is immersed with people. Mm-hmm. He walks with people. When, when John says in John chapter 1, um, and, and we touched him and we held mm-hmm. him and we beheld his glory, yeah. it's because they were, they walked with him, they ate with him, they, he was in the boat asleep when there was a storm. Hey, Jesus, don't you care we perish? He was yeah. right there with him. They saw him get tired. They, it was incarnational. That's the word we use. That's mm-hmm. what God became a man, incarnational. But you and I have to live incarnational lives in front of our one so that they can see Christ in us. So, so it involves all of life. And I think it's a mistake that we make sometimes where we, uh, we care about people. We want them to receive the gospel. So we're only gospel-oriented as opposed to living life with people. Right. That's what Jesus did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Thanks so much. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't know if this will make it in the podcast or not, but uh, I don't know which was a greater miracle, Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law or healing her abrasive <laughs> nature so that she began to wait on them and serve them afterwards. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, well, you'll wait and see whether we'll that makes the actual podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, so let's switch gears a little bit because obviously, um, you know, we're into 2019. We've, we're, we're a few days into it. Everybody begins to think about New Year's resolutions and usually they last a week. And then we're back, uh, you know, not exercising and eating donuts again like we were before. Um, so let's talk about our relationship with the Lord. What are some suggestions you have for growing in our relationship with Christ this year and making real change stick? I always think about that this time of year. Um, I'm not a big resolutions guy for the very reasons you just mentioned. Who among us hasn't joined a gym and then wasted our money? That's and, right. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I do believe in a God of second chances. Mm. I do believe in a God of new beginnings. And the calendar year is a wonderful time of a new beginning. There's a couple things that I always challenge people to. I challenge people to read God's word. Mm-hmm. And for many, uh, I, I say, have you ever read God's word all the way through? Mm-hmm. And a calendar year is a great time to do that. It, it's only about five chapters a day mm-hmm. is all it takes to read God's word through in a year. I had a guy uh, several years ago. I said, hey, I challenge the church. You can read God's word through in a year. And uh, this guy came to me like three years later and he goes, I finished. <laughs> and you know what? I rejoiced in that. Yeah. Because I didn't say, what, it took you three years? He did what most people never do. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a new believer, five chapters in Leviticus might be kind of rough. Yep. So start in the New Testament. Don't read five chapters. Read five verses and ask yourself, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me here? Mm-hmm. Do something in terms of reading God's word. The second thing I always talk about is prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, the scripture says the effective uh, prayers, the fervent prayers of a righteous man avail much. Mm-hmm. The scripture says we have not because we ask not. Yeah. The scripture says if we ask and seek and knock, we'll receive, we, it'll, we'll find, the door will be opened. These are all promises to prayer. And let's be honest, we, we pray as a last resort. Mm-hmm. You know, prayer should be the first thing that we do. 
And so um, prayer is a part of that. And I, and I like to put those two together. When we put those two together, reading God's word and prayer, we have names for them. Your devotions, sure. a, a quiet time, right, right. Uh, a time alone with God. Right. But putting them together is great because what you're doing is you're, you're hearing from God and you're talking to God. Yep. And, and that's really important. The third thing I always put on the list is fellowship with believers, mm-hmm. life groups, accountability groups, uh, worship time together. That's really important as yeah. well. And then if the fellowship isn't accountability, and it can be, but there needs to be accountability in your life. The reason resolutions fail, Ryan, no accountability. That's true. You know, I just go, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to quit eating chocolate. But I don't tell anybody. I don't, and, of course, two days later, I give it up. But if I'm doing it with somebody, yep. if you and I say, hey, we're going to get up every morning and run. We're going to, then, and, and I know that you're up early and you're waiting for me and I don't show up. Oh, man, I've let you down. So accountability is an important part. Absolutely. All of these go together. Absolutely. And they make for great Christian growth. It's such a tried and true principle that you'll find these written in the Bible 2,000 years ago, and they still work. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and um, man, I, I just think out of, out of all of those, um, they, they have to go together. And, and if you're going to commit to doing something new for the new year, reading the Bible and praying, get somebody else to do it with you. Say, hey, let's read the Bible together in a year. And, man, there is plenty of apps on your phones that you can download that makes it so easy um, you know, you can, you can read the Bible chronologically. You can read it straight through start to finish. You can read it, uh, based on its different themes or stuff that you're dealing with, uh, in, in the moment. And, uh, there's a fantastic amount of resources Absolutely. out there to do that. So, um, you know, no guilt, but there's kind of no excuse, right? <laughs> Not at this day and age, right? Like you said, you got it, You can have it on your phone. You can have a perfect app. You can set an alarm. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. So there really is no excuse And let me just uh, build on something that you said. When you put them together, when you put God's word, prayer, fellowship, accountability, we can talk about worship and disciple, but if you put those together, the synergy of them Mm -hmm. makes the whole greater than any of the parts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and all together in one place, Vision 3000, each one reach one. It's all it's all community based and, and and. Many of the epistles were written to these churches, these communities. And so I know we often read the scriptures individually for ourselves, and we should as we converse with God. But they're also to be understood and applied in community. So I think that's fantastic. Um, So uh, prayer is one thing that you mentioned in particular. And and I I would say, you know, scripture reading and prayer are probably um, two of the things that that we kind of struggle with sometimes. Mm So let's talk about, we talked about reading the scriptures, using Bible apps and so on. What about our personal time in prayer with the Lord? What would you recommend that, for us to increase our time in the Lord with prayer? Ryan, one time when I was a kid, I went to church and we were challenged to do this very thing. The question you've asked me, increase your time in prayer. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I went home, I decided I'm going to do this, right? And so I got on my knees beside my bed before I went to bed at night. I prayed for every single person that I could think of, every missionary that I could think of, every issue in my life. And I looked, the clock had been, it had been 45 seconds. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. if we're not accustomed yeah. to it, that's what it is. So there's two ways, that I think, that we increase our, our time in prayer. One is an actual prayer list. I learned this from my dad. My dad still does this to this very day. And he has so many 
people on his prayer lists that he kind of has a Monday prayer list that's different than a Tuesday prayer list oh. that's different from a Wednesday prayer list. Sure. Because he, he's praying for so many people and so many things in the world. And sometimes I think uh, we think we've prayed for everything because we just pray these blanket prayers. Mm-hmm. Lord, be with the missionaries. Right. Well, just our church alone through Southern Baptist Life, we support 10,000 missionaries. When you start to mention them by name, you mention the husband and the wife mm-hmm. and the children. Yeah. When you start to realize, oh, they have the same needs my family does in America. So you pray for their marriage. You pray for the kids in school. Then you pray for their work and what it means cross-culturally. Now, all of a sudden, you realize, oh, I've prayed three or four minutes just for one missionary family. Wow. A list helps you do that yeah. if you write that down. And so, and so I always tell people, particularly young believers, you can pray with your eyes open. Look at your list and, and go down the list of all the things you want to pray for, for that missionary family. And then you go to missionary family number two. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you've extended your prayer because you didn't just say, Lord, be with all the missionaries. Yeah, yeah. There's a second way that, that is really easy that extends your time in prayer. The Apostle Paul says that we are to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. He's talking about a continual attitude of prayer in the whole day. Sometimes, sometimes we think we pray, but we really don't. We're, we worry, we fret, mm-hmm. we contemplate ourselves, but we're not actually praying. So the idea is that you have an ongoing conversation with God all day long. You, you, know, you never actually say, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. It just continues. And there are these, uh, there are these spots that are made for prayer. Driving. Oh, yeah. Turn off the radio pray. Oh yeah. Um, you can pray for the other drivers if they're really bad, but, uh, <laughs> but that's a spot made. You're waiting for just a few moments for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Perfect time to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, you are tucking kids in at night mm-hmm. can pray with the kids. Mm-hmm. You've got a believer that you meet for coffee. Why would you meet a believer for coffee? Your accountability partners, you talk about spiritual things. You care about him. He cares about you. And then you leave without praying for each other? It should, it should have prayer in it. Oh, yeah. And so when you start to intentionally, I'm going to use the word salt, mm-hmm. prayer into your life, then it really does become pray without ceasing. Yeah. And that extends, and you might not realize it, but it extends how much time you actually pray. You know, my phone now at the end of every day tells me my use how much was social media? How much I spent looking stuff up? Oh. I, I wish that I had that for my prayer life. Sure. At the end of the day, every day, I wish you could tell me, this is how much time you spent in prayer. Yeah. For some of us, we'd look at it and go, oh, 94 <laughs> seconds. But for some right. of us, because we learned to pray without ceasing, mm-hmm. or we got a prayer list, you might be surprised. You might go, I prayed for two hours today. Wow. And I didn't even actually take any separate time. I just salted it into my life. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, that's so good. So good. Time of the Lord, absolutely invaluable. Um, now, once again, we're, we're facing a new year. We've talked about New Year's resolutions. We've talked about um, ways to um, take gospel risks in our relationships and, and to dig into people's lives and the lives of our ones as, as we uh, pray for them with anguish and passion so that they come to know Jesus this year. Um, we've talked about spending time in the Word and prayer. Um, but 2019 has a whole bunch of difficulties, struggles, 
hiccups along the road, speed mm-hmm. bumps, tragedies, pain, anguish. It, all that's coming. Yeah. And we have no idea what 2019 holds for us. Now, there'll be a whole bunch of celebrations. There'll be a whole bunch of joys um, and, uh, and, and, and happiness mm-hmm. and good things. But let's face it, those are, those are pretty easy to deal with. So how can we be better ready to face the difficulties that are inevitably, inevitably going to come our way this year? Uh, I heard a preacher one time, maybe the most impactful thing I ever heard about adversity he said, you're either going into adversity, you're in it right now, or you're just coming out of it. And the more you think about that statement, the more it's true. So to just be unprepared for adversity, it, it, well, it's why, it's why a lot of Christians get wiped out, isn't it? Mm. You know, and they start to think, well, is God really there? And he didn't answer my prayers. But they were, they were really unprepared. The Apostle Paul uses this phrase. Man, I, I, I have to admit, I didn't even like to read it as a young Christian. Mm-hmm. He said, I want to know Christ and I want to I want a fellowship in his sufferings. And then I would read that and I would think, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't want that fellowship yeah. of sufferings. Yeah. But it is part and parcel of the Christian life. Um, some of your podcast listeners will know that uh, in 2013, uh, my wife Tammy was diagnosed with brain cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when we went into adversity. Yeah. Um, they told her she had 11 months to live. She lived almost two years to mm-hmm. the date. Mm-hmm. That was the period when we were in adversity. Yeah. And then the Lord took her in November 2015. Mm-hmm. And I came out of that time of sure. adversity. But then I came into a time of grief. Yeah. So was God not there? Did he fail in his promise when he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you? No, he was there every step of the way. And so we have to be tuned into him. Uh, Ryan, I'm I'm older than you uh, for podcast listeners who by, don't know by that. Just a couple by years. just a couple yeah, years. Just a so couple I years. remember, and you you really do too, I remember your old car radio that you you turned the knob for volume and then the other one you turned to dial yeah, to find uh-huh. a radio station. Yep. Yep. And so you know what you you'd have to you had to have a good hand, especially if you're doing it while you're driving. <laughs> but if you could get it just right, yep. not too far to the left on the dial, not too far on the right, then you'd get that radio station good and clear and right. Yep. And, and what I learned one day is I realized, you know what, that radio station's always there. It's always broadcasting. Mm-hmm. The question is whether or not I am dialed in oh, to yeah. the frequency of the radio station. One day, the Holy Spirit revealed to me, God's always there. Even in your darkest hour, the question is, are you tuned into him? So this is what makes our previous conversation now so valuable. If I start 2019 and I, and I, start, I start it with prayer and Bible reading yep. and fellowship with other believers yep. and accountability, and I'm not doing the Lone Ranger Christian thing. Mm-hmm. That's another conversation, yep. but that's disaster. Yeah. So oh, I've yeah. got community and I've got accountability. Then when adversity comes... I'm as ready as I can be mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. If there's no Bible reading and no prayer and life is so good and I don't really have time for God, I'm not even making my life group all the time or church and I'm kind of freelancing it. Then when adversity comes, yeah, it wipes me out. Oh, and in that totally. moment when I need God, 
I'm not tuned in. But if you're already tuned in, then God begins to care for you. He's, he's, the, he's the great shepherd, right? He's mm-hmm. the one who leaves the 99 and goes and looks for the one. He loves us with an everlasting love. He calls me by name. He, I'm already tuned in to him so that even in that adversity, even if, I'm, if the first part is shock, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, your wife's got a brain tumor. What? what? Even if the first part's that, I know that he's a loving, caring God. I know that he's good and perfect in all his ways. And he can begin to minister to me even in that stage of adversity. And then it's important that I don't run from that. Just because I'm in adversity, mm-hmm. this, is, this is what I'll, I'll just give you my own bent. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just expose myself to everybody listening. Uh, if, I, if, I, if I just go with my own natural bent, whenever I have a tough time, I run away from people. Mm-hmm. Push everybody away. I think I'm just going to go handle it on my own. It's the worst mistake when I'm going through a difficult time, it's when I need you more. Yeah. So I need fellowship more. I need to be at church. I need to be in life group. I need to be my accountability for part. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel like it. When you don't feel like it is when you need it the most. <laughs> so don't listen to your emotions. Go with what you know. And then God blesses us. Now, can God speak to me with a lightning strike right out of the sky and an angel? Of course he can, but he doesn't do that very often. But I can't tell you how many times he's spoken through a brother or sister in Christ who maybe put their hand on my shoulder and said, hey, Paul, I'm praying for you. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I know you're going through a rough time. I want you to know my wife and I lift you up in prayer. Wow, some of those just carried me through adversity. And then the last thing I'd say about adversity is when you're not in it, instead of going, whew, it's a great time. I'm not in adversity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take a look around in your life because somebody is. Yeah, And if you can do what I just described for them, you might be the lifeline that God uses just to hold them on a really rough day. Oh, totally. Definitely, definitely. Well, man, this conversation has been uh, so fantastic. I think, uh, I think this will really help a lot of folks just sort of kick off their new year um, uh, with some practical ideas, um, some, some, some suggestions for, for um, what they can do this new year to, to reach their one, to grow in their relationship with Christ. Um, to, just uh, to finish it off a little bit, to, talk to us just a little bit about um, uh, um, a sermon series that, uh, that you're going to be preaching this new year. What, what are you, you going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks? Well, uh, in January, I started uh, the Second Thessalonians. Okay. We had gone through First Thessalonians uh, yep. last year, yep. and then we stopped and did the Colors of Christmas. And now we're going to do Second Thessalonians, and then I'm going to go over to Titus. So Second Thessalonians answers the, some really hard questions in the Christian life, and then Titus is kind of practical stuff about how we do that in community and we live that together so that's all the that's all maybe it's going to take me the first half of 2019 to get all that done i'm really excited about it i love teaching through uh books verse by verse Mm -hmm. and so you never have to wonder where where the pastor is going to be next sunday i'm going to be wherever i left off last week yep yep that's fantastic well we're looking forward to that uh for the new year and um once again paul thanks so much for joining us here ryan thanks for inviting me it's great Well, I just want to say thank you so much once again to our own Pastor Paul Jones for joining me here on episode one of the InStep podcast. I just love how we talked about each one reach one and reminding us that it takes an anguish of the soul to think about the reality of eternity. 
So when was the last time you felt a deep anguish of the soul for someone you know who doesn't follow Jesus? If it's been a while, ask the Lord to develop that deep level of anguish that he has for people. The level of anguish that made him weep over Jerusalem as he expressed his desire to gather the lost under the shelter of his wings. So take the initiative with your one this year. Be willing to break into their lives, spend time doing what they like to do, and let them talk, pray for them, and love them to Jesus. Also for this new year, we heard a challenge to both hear from God and talk to God. Maybe it's time for you to admit to a trusted friend that the Lord has been convicting you of your lack of time with God, both in prayer and in the Word. Then, you both can commit to walking together in step with Jesus and help each other out with that. Finally, Paul encouraged us to dial into the frequency of God. If we aren't dialed into what God has for us, how, how would we expect to have victory in our lives over those things that Satan designs to destroy us? God promises never to leave us or forsake us, but we often lose the frequency, don't we? In 2019, let's commit to dialing into Jesus. Thanks once again for checking out the InStep podcast and giving us a listen. Please don't forget to subscribe to the Emmanuel podcast, share this content with a friend, and check us out online at myemmanuel.net. InStep. You. Me. Jesus. Thanks for listening to the InStep Podcast, a ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Billings, Montana. We hope your time with us today has encouraged, strengthened, and helped you walk in step with Jesus. New episodes are available every other Wednesday, so please subscribe, share us with a friend, and like us on Facebook. Also, don't forget to check out our website at myemmanuel.net. And finally, please don't change or alter the content in any way without our permission. Until next time, in step, you, me, Jesus.